Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Having the entire Bible is a great blessing. Why is that? Because there are things that we have, for example, in the New Testament that those who lived two, three thousand years ago were not aware of. God has made promises to us today that they did not know back then. And therefore, we see in the scripture what's known as progressive revelation. That means this, that God's revelation progresses with time. We know more today than they did 3,000 years ago. And we are in a wonderful position. Because of these things, we have a greater hope. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 102. The book of Psalms and Psalm 102. We began this Psalm a week ago. God willing, in this study, we will complete Psalm 102. And I want us to begin, and there's a difference of a verse between the Hebrew and other languages, but I want you to look in your Bible to verse 15. In the Hebrew text, verse 16, but in most Bibles, verse 15. And we have here, as I shared with you last week, some hints to a kingdom reality. But the author of this psalm didn't understand the fullness of of the kingdom promises we today have much more revelation let me say that differently we have additional scripture that tells us more about what we can expect in the kingdom of god those promises that god makes to a new covenant people through his only begotten son messiah yeshua so look with me to that first verse where we're going to begin in this second part of Psalm 102, verse 15, where it says, Nations, they will fear the name of the Lord. That word fear has to do with priority, and name means character. And what it says is that in the kingdom, nations are going to give priority to the character of God, meaning this they're going to want to behave according to God's character. That is how he is going to administrate his kingdom. He will rule, the Bible says, with a rod of iron. Why? So that all people, all nations, that they reflect his character, that they become like him. And here's the key. When we become like him, we are going to magnify him, glorify him. We are going to manifest praise and honor and worship to the Lord. This is the kingdom character, and it will take place. So he says in our first verse, verse 15, Nations, they will fear the name of the Lord 
and all the kings of the earth his glory. Now we see something. When we are committed to the character of God, it is going to bring about, as we see in the second part of this verse, the glory of God. And that's what we're called to do. That's why humanity was created. When it says we were created in the image of God, we're called to reflect the character of God. That's why we were made. That is why we have been saved. And it's only through salvation, and I can say that differently, it's only through a regeneration by means of the Holy Spirit. And of course, we only have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us through salvation, through that experience of being reconciled to God. Now we are in a position where we can demonstrate through action, not just word, but action, the character of God, his righteousness, and therefore we can fulfill the purposes for which we were created and for which we were saved. Let's move on to the next verse where it says, and this as well gives a kingdom context to this passage when he says, for the Lord has built up Sion. Now, one of the things that you will see is that oftentimes in translations, they do not pay attention to the tense of a verb. We have the Hebrew word bana, which means he has built. Now, the kingdom has not been established in its fullness. We can't go to the kingdom today. It's not yet been established in this world. So that has caused many translators to say, well, he will build up Zion. Yes, he will. But it's in the past tense. Why? This is a grammatical device speaking about something that's in the future, but in the past tense. What do we glean from that? God is making a promise, meaning this. What he has said concerning Zion, Zion, a kingdom word, it is going to be fulfilled. Yes, he will build it up, and we can be assured of that because in the text, it's as though it's already happened. For he has built up, and the he is the Lord. The Lord has built up Zion, and then keep reading the second half, and he has appeared in his glory again. Has he appeared yet in his glory? Well, not yet in the kingdom. Someone would say, well, Yeshua. He's appeared. He is God, Emmanuel. Yes, he is God with us. But when we looked upon him, even though he has said, you see me, you've seen the Father. This is this unity and purpose. But we're going to see a greater fulfillment of that when Messiah returns in his his glorified state so that's going to happen but again we read he has appeared in his glory meaning we can be assured that this is going to happen it is in the the language of a promise next verse he has turned to the prayer and the word literally here is one who has made an appeal Now, I realize many Bibles will say destitute, but it's not the word for being destitute. It's a word for appealing to God. For example, you go before a judge 
You may have been uh, convicted and you appeal that decision. You want a change. And what the scripture is telling us is this, that God is going to turn to the prayer of those who are asking for a change. What type of change? A change that is in agreement with the will of God. We want that kingdom. We want that kingdom change to happen to this world. That's the context for understanding it. And it says, keep reading, and he has not and this is word for to think little of to have contempt for he has not thought little of their prayer meaning he does not have contempt for their prayer and all of this is to tell us that god is going to move to fulfill his kingdom promises for his kingdom people the question that you should be asking is this how do i become a kingdom person there's only one way through entering into the new covenant that covenant that was ratified with the blood of messiah nearly nearly 2000 years ago when he laid down his life upon that tree so again we have these promises that he is not going to to despise or have contempt for their prayer look at the next verse where he says you will write this for the last generation and this is important because he's saying this is what the last generation and we've talked about that generation that next generation or the last generation depending upon uh uh, different places in the scripture they write it differently but this is speaking about this generation of transition from this world into the kingdom of God. And he says, write this down. Write down what? God is going to turn to our, our petitions of appeal. We want change. God's not going to have contempt for such, such a desire among his people. He is going to fulfill that. And that's why write it down to that last generation. A people, some will say not yet created, but a people that has been created, they will praise the Lord. All of this is saying is this, this people, and by the way, to be very precise, people is singular in Hebrew. So is that he will pray, but he is people, and it's it's in the plural in our mindset, people is not just one person, but many, and that's why I translate it, they will pray, praise him. The second thing we need to see about that verse is that it's a people, Nivra. Nivra has been created. Even though the kingdom people in the fullness have not been yet created, it's again a language of a promise. What do I think this verse is speaking about? About a people. Through that, again, that new covenant experience, we're going to be created anew we're going to receive that kingdom body that new body and when will we receive it there's no debate about this just read first corinthians 15 we will receive it at the time of the rapture look now to verse 19 in your bible where it says for he has looked and this is a word to look with intensity look with with thoroughness he will look or he has looked from his exalted sanctuary or 
from the heights, his holy heights. Both ways can be translated. So he has looked from, I'll say, his exalted uh, sanctuary. And what has he done? The Lord from the heavens to the earth, he has, and this is another word, a synonym for look intensely, to gaze upon something for having uh, 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 a, a proper understanding. Now, God always has a proper understanding. God doesn't have to look to know. He knows all things, but it's simply written in language that we can understand. God is going to pay attention to what's going on. He is in his holy sanctuary. Why is that important? Well, it's over all things. It's to speak to us that this transcendent God who is without limitations, he is going to look, he is going to be aware, and he's going to put things into his proper order. Next verse. To hear the groanings of a prisoner. Now, I have shared with you several times that we are approaching a time of persecution, persecution for believers. They are going to be cast into prison, the scripture says. In many places in the world, this is already happening for their faith. So it's going to happen in a greater way, in a more prosper or more, more uh, uh, populous. It's going to happen more and more places to more and more people. But when we're in that situation, it says here, to hear the groanings of a prisoner. And then we have another word, which means to open, but probably in this context, it means to release the the children of mortality. Now, it's literally the word for death. And, And it's speaking about sons or children of mortality. We are going to what? We are going to be released from that. God's going to open a door that brings about a change where we're no longer mortal individuals what are we going to become eternal people now in one sense we have that promise right today that if we die physically it does not bring death to the soul our soul has been redeemed our soul has been reconciled to god therefore we have that assurance that we will not experience death in the true sense what's that death in the true sense is eternal separation from god we have been reconciled to him and nothing and hear that nothing can can bring about a change i was listening to an individual and he was talking about eternal security a great promise from god that we are in his hand no one can pluck us out and that we have eternal life he has promised never to leave us nor forsake us through faith having nothing to do with me or my works but everything to do with the work of messiah and the power of his word through his covenantal promises new covenantal promises i can have assurance (coughs) that god he is has given me already eternal life i become a new creation in messiah i think differently i behave differently am i perfect no far from that but god willing i'm moving towards that and one day at the time of the rapture when i receive that new body i will be perfect we all every believer will be perfect has nothing to do with one person versus another 
this is the promise for the redeemed of the lord those who have been redeemed by the blood of messiah now this person was speaking he's a well-known uh, evangelist he's also a pastor he's on various television networks he gets a lot of attention and he uh during his message he says can a a christian lose their salvation what did he say i don't know but he says i do know this god will not save someone against their will so if someone says i don't want to be saved god won't save them i I agree with that but then he said something and that's this and god won't keep someone saved against their will this is a false statement this is not true once we enter into this new creation there's no going back there's no changing that and what will god do god will move in our life he can turn up the heat in order that we live repentantly that we turn to truth and and what we need to realize is that our salvation the moment we accept it by faith it is irreversible why is that because we become regenerated there's not one verse in the scripture that says that there's a process for being unregenerated doesn't exist share me that scripture it says anyone who is in messiah is a new creation is that is their eternal eternal state we have eternal life eternal life is just that eternal so so this is something i think is very important so when we look at the scripture and we see what god is saying is that he has set us free he's opened it up for us that we will never ever be mortal we are eternal now through the power of the gospel move on to the next verse verse 21 in most bibles where it says to tell in sion sion is zion the kingdom to to relate in sion the name of the lord and notice name of the lord what is that his character and when we understand the character of god notice how it continues and his prayer in jerusalem now parallelism is the chief characteristic of hebrew poetry what is parallel to zion obviously jerusalem and what's parallel to the name or the character of the lord his praise so when we understand his character we are going to naturally praise him this is what the scripture is talking about verse 22 when he gathers people together and kingdoms to serve the lord so he is going to gather people together in unity and that unity is for the purpose of doing what serving god so he gathers us together he brings us into a relationship with him this is this doctrine of reconciliation that comes through justification now justification here again it's amazing to me but we are hearing individuals uh move away from the the eternal outcome of god's work of reconciliation you're not reconciled one moment and then unreconciled another we are reconciled 
and we have justification what does that mean we have been justified and that same word means we have been made righteous what has happened god has imputed the righteousness of his son how righteous was yeshua perfectly and now when he looks upon us despite our failures our frailty our disobedience at times when god looks upon me for entrance into his kingdom he sees the righteousness of his son what does that give me assurance messiah he is going to never forsake me he is never going to deny me he denies those that he never knew that he didn't know them in the past he doesn't know them now and he won't know them in the future those who reject his covenant but for me he cannot do that because i belong to him i have a guarantee as paul says that earnest that guarantee is the holy spirit so if someone has received the gospel immediately they have the the indwelling holy spirit and that is the assurance that we belong to the kingdom and god will receive us into his kingdom so he's going to gather up people together and and kingdoms to serve the lord verse 23. now in the midst of this we see that there's difficulty notice what verse 23 says he has afflicted on the way my power what the author is saying is as i walk on this way into the promises of god i i've been afflicted now it says here he has afflicted that can be understood as he's allowed it to happen and what else happens it says kitsar yamai my days have been shortened meaning this see everyone says i don't know this anywhere in the scripture that this is is born out but but yes god knows when we're going to die god has a time for us to die according to his purposes he's sovereign and if the enemy or someone else in disobedience in sin and rebelliousness to god's order brings about someone to die don't think for a second when someone murders someone god forbid that well this was god's time for him to die no that's sin sin violates the will of god that does in any way it does not in any way affect god's sovereignty yes god could step in but god's under no obligation to to step in and mandate his will on everything at times he's free to do so at times he's free not to do so he can use it all to his glory but but don't think just because something happens well uh god wanted this to happen or he wouldn't allow it that's not true god oftentimes allows something to happen he can use it for good but it's not his will and he didn't want it to happen and again the fact that it did in no way in no way affects his sovereignty let me give you the classic hasidic example and that is the the little lizard that's in the the palace of the king now he's sitting there on his his throne he is known as the sovereign in that uh, kingdom his own kingdom and he looks up and he sees a little lizard 
up on the palace wall. Now, he could give the order and and have that lizard captured and thrown out, whatever, but he simply allows it. Why? That, That lizard's not hurting anyone. It's not affecting. It's the saying is that the lizard's high up on the wall, and the implication is he's so high, just leave him alone. So the fact that he does so does not in any way say that he wants that lizard there no but he's not going to act in order to have it removed because it's a waste of of time and and power of that that human king well god sometimes allows things to happen not according to his will because he is going to use it or simply because the world that we are in because of your sin and my sin literally that first sin that was committed brought all of these things into this world this is the world that that man has made when man disobeyed god and i'm talking about uh adam and eve in the garden of eden they allowed sin to come in god could have stopped it but he didn't and this is the world that now we reside in. And God is not obligated to, to interact with everything that happens so that nothing happens against his will. That's not the world that we're living in. He says here, he has afflicted on the way my power. He has shortened my days. That's how someone feels. Verse, verse 24 I say, my God, do not uh, lift me up. Some will say, cast me away in, in the half of my days. Saying, don't allow me to be taken up. That's literally what it says, taken up in half my days. In generation of generations, <coughs> excuse me, are your years. Meaning, God is forever. And what the author is saying is, God, you are forever don't 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 allow me to live just a short time well it's up to god and if god allows it or he causes it or it's his will that's up to him on any of those possibilities so he says i say my god do not lift me up at half my days your years meaning your time thing is from generation to generations of old the earth you you founded and then he says the work of your hands is is heavens so god the earth you you have established you founded it and the heavens are the work of your hands they look at the next verse verse 26 they will perish but you will stand meaning god's creation will indeed perish one day it will come to an end but god does not it says all of them as a a garment will wear out as clothing that you that you change uh they will be changed so in this world changes come things wear out and they're they're changed they're replaced this is what god does in this world in order to bring things to what a transition there is coming a time of transition when god will say enough 
with this this replacing and he will bring about a transition from this world into a new world and that new world is going to be his kingdom verse 27 where he says but you are he now that's literally what it says and you are he meaning you're the one who is the creator you are the ones that put things in order you are the one who is sovereign in other words and your years they do not what they do not come to an end god is not susceptible to what creation is creation wears out creation comes to an end but god does not his uh time frame is eternal last verse verse 28 in he uh in in most languages 29 in hebrew word says the sons of your servants most bibles say they will continue but literally it is the word yishkonu which means the children of your servants meaning those who are your servants the term bene can be referred to to offspring of children of those who who are your servants what will they they will dwell and the implication is they will dwell forever and ever and that's why many bibles will say they will continue and your offspring a different word the word zera which means seed or offspring here their offspring before you what will happen they will be established so they are going to endure they are going to become eternal so the good thing is this when we enter into a new covenant we are are redeemed to be his servants and we are going to dwell eventually in his kingdom and there we are going to be established established how we are going to be established perfectly in light of god's will for what he always wanted a human being to be when he first created adam and eve but we're even going to be in a better condition why adam and eve and this is certainly played out in the book of genesis in chapter 3 adam and eve sinned they had that capacity but here's the good news when we receive that new body we will no longer have that capacity to sin we will always 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 agree with god this is the good news and we see here in psalm 102 there is much to give thanks to god about much reason to praise him he is bringing a change a kingdom change whereby all of his promises are going to be fulfilled he is going to establish us according to the goodwill that he has for his new covenant people because of that we praise him we give him thanks and we worship him and we want to serve him each and every day well I'll close with that until next time shalom from israel Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. 
There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.